Welcome to the Ear for Fear podcast, the horror movie podcast that boils and ghouls and dead alike are screaming for. Don't be afraid to listen as Rick and the Creeps bore their way into your brains, slither down onto your arteries, into your still beating hearts. Hi, welcome to the Ear for Fear podcast. This is the podcast that talks about scary movies. A movie's trying to be scary. I'm Rick. I got one of the creeps in the house. I got Jake Poindexter. How's it going, buddy? It's going well, man. How are you? Pretty good, man. Thanks for coming on out. I, I We were just, uh, before we hit record, we were trying to figure out the last time you were on. I think it was the Let the Right One In episode. Yeah. Um, that it's been a while. Yeah, like last summer was. I want to say it was last summer. I don't know why it's taken so long to get get you back on. Maybe just we're, we're busy people. I got moves yeah. to make on the street. So do we. <laughs> totally, do man. Uh, so again, appreciate you coming on out um, today. Uh, you recommended this one, a movie I had never seen, uh, 1997's Event Horizon. So I I remember this coming out, but I never I never went and I never went to the theater to see it. I never rented it or anything. Um, and I don't know why. Maybe the only thing I can think of is I'm just not a huge uh, fan of uh, space movies, right. space stuff. I'm like I think everyone who's probably listened to the episodes knows I'm not like a huge. I'm not into Star Trek. I'm not into Star Wars. Like I respect you know Alien, Aliens. I mean, there's some good some good movies in space. Uh, I just don't gravitate towards space, I guess. I get it. There's, there's an element of in horror movies that kind of goes back to psychological and, um, you know, even religious stuff and technology isn't necessarily the most ideal environment to put that in. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Usually. Usually. Uh, but yeah, you recommended this one. Um, do you, uh, while I'm thinking about it, because we're going to get towards the end of the episode, and I'm going to forget, do you want to plug anything right now? Lesser Sons, uh, anything uh, Lesser else? Lesser Sons, we got some shows coming up, and by the time we air, they'll probably probably already, be coming gone. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we're playing the Green Room with ADD in Placerville on the uh, the eighth um, of April. Okay. Yeah. And, so by the time this comes out, yeah, it'll be long gone. Sure. Um, any other ones? But I know you said you got another one the following weekend. But what? Anything later on in that? Maybe when this comes out, people can go. Oh, let's go check out. Well, we're uh, we're going to be getting into the studio here pretty quick, okay. so we should have some kind of recording coming out whenever you know we okay. get our act together and and get that and, done, and get so. it, get everyone together and make the time to Absolutely. do it. Uh, where can they find you on say Instagram or I don't know if you guys have stuff on YouTube. I know you have stuff on Spotify. Yeah, so we're uh, we're on Spotify, Lesser Sons. Um, we've got a YouTube channel with some odds and ends, uh, Lesser Sons Band, Instagram, Lesser Sons Band, uh, Facebook, Lesser Sons Band. Okay, check it out. So everyone, yeah, go 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 check them out. Um, so Event Horizon. Uh, I guess uh, before we jump into it, uh, is quick synopsis. You want to break one down, or I can do one. It's go for up it. To you. Uh, All right, after you. This, real simple. Uh, a rescue cr- uh, crew investigates a spaceship that disappeared into a black hole and has now returned. 
That's kind of the gist of it, right? Sure. The, 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 the spaceship that we're talking about is the Event Horizon. Yes. Um, and so before we kind of jump into it, let's, uh, let's do full spoilers for everyone. One, two, spoilers coming for you. All right. So I had never seen this, like I said. Um, watched it the other day, so I'm going to kind of defer to you because you've probably seen this more times than I have. A couple times. Um, and uh, I guess we could go through the characters really fast and, and a couple of the actors. Because, I mean, there's a few actors that are, uh, you know, obviously Miller's played by Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. I would say him and Sam Neill, which his character is weird, are the two kind of stars of this. I'd say so. Yeah. And then some of the crew members. Uh, there's I some did, good character actors. There are there. some good character actors. So, some people that I've seen along the way. Sure. Um, uh, we're gonna uh, we'll we'll ramble off some of the the the, the character names: Peter Stark, uh, I think Cooper, Justin, DJ Smith. Claire is the wife that we get by with flashbacks from yes. Weir or Sam Neill, which I do want to talk about sure. uh, a, a little bit later. Um, and uh, but that's I think the gist of the characters. There's probably a few other people here and there, but I think those are the main. You know, the yeah. main suspects, you Absolutely. know, so to say. Um, I will say this. I'm just going to jump into it. I've never seen it, but I had all kinds of issues with this. And I started to do some research because it's a it's about a 95-minute movie. Yeah. Um, and, right. and I felt there were a lot of things that uh, I felt were either unanswered or I, f- I felt it was just... I don't know, like they didn't explain it or I felt there was no character development in this movie. And what I had realized was the initial, the the director, um, I forget who this was. Was it Paul Anderson? Yeah, Yeah, Paul Anderson uh, filmed this and it was 130 minutes. Yes. And the studio came in and said, hey, yeah, this is way too long and it's way too gory. Yes, there was definitely um, some studio interference with the project because there was a scene or a lot of footage that was cut of the clips that we see of the crew of the event horizon uh doing just sadistic gory i would say hellraiser type stuff okay so i am i'm glad you brought that up because when i was reading up on it it said that the paul anderson took inspiration from clive barker's hellraiser in fact clive barker was on the set as a consultant I didn't know this until after I saw the movie, but I'm watching the movie going, this is very similar to Hellraiser. Some Absolutely. of them look like, some of the stuff looked like kind of Cenobite stuff. Uh, the, the, just the, the, I guess the color, the color palette of, of the movie, the yes. feel of the movie, it felt. So I'm glad you brought that up. Absolutely. When you're, when you're, when you're looking at the, what do they call it, the gravity core drive, um, it's very, you know, geometric and if you look at the 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 details of the engine room or whatever it it has the same look as the you know lament configuration from hellraiser it definitely feels like the room itself looks like the main face of the you know le marchand's box that you would see in hellraiser yeah 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 and then the result of that you know engine room doing its thing you know results in hellraiser type stuff it does. It, well, I mean, even I would say towards the end where uh, Sam uh, or we or Sam Neill's character, uh, he looks very much yeah. like he's halfway to a Cenobite and halfway to a Cenobite. I mean, he's got like the lines through his head. It's got that pale kind of white look, you know, feel to it. Um, so knowing that they cut 
let's call it 30, 35 minutes. Now that's a, that's a, that's a long run time for a horror movie. Uh, that's just, yeah, dude, that's, I mean, maybe you get away with that if it's an aliens and it's a, some sort of James Cameron type sure. movie who has more probably freedom and liberty to get away with that. Or if it's 2020 into 2023 and everything is two and a half hours, no matter how bad it is. Yeah, that's, that's it too. And I wonder why that is. I don't. I Do you know. think this studio's kind of just got a little lazy during COVID and just said, eh, just whatever? Well, people associate two and a half hour movies with being better movies. So maybe the fact that there's more story will substitute for the fact that it's not a richer story. Yeah, maybe. Maybe you're right. I would have been curious to, and I didn't, I didn't get time to like hop on YouTube because from what I understand, there's, there are really bad quality uh, scenes from the cut that they did yes. and it you know did you watch these i well i did do a little research and i discovered that the footage that they clipped that they cut from the movie was improperly stored in a salt mine and so the the negatives you know uh did not survive so we're never a lot of people would say this would be a great movie to have a director's cut after the fact and we're never yeah, going to get that director's because cut because it was stored in a salt mine. That's the the rumor that I heard. Real, why would and that happen? I have no idea. I, I <laughs> That's so weird. Who lives right? by a salt mine assuming, you know, it's well, I think they they did film it in Pinewood Studios, right? I don't remember. So yeah. somewhere in England, maybe they have a lot of salt mines there. I don't know. Huh. I haven't done that much research yet, but Interesting. It was the negatives were you know, improperly stored, so they uh, deteriorated. And I wonder if I would have liked it more if I would have, because I, I when I when I sit down to watch a horror movie, I'm I'm a ninety minute guy. Maybe I give you, I don't know, a hundred minutes if you know, depending on how I'm feeling that day. I just I feel like you need to get in and out. You you know, but Agreed. with this movie, I felt there needed to be more depth to the characters because there was no character development, and I was quite no. I was quite I, I'm not gonna say confused i just felt like a little kind of ripped off like i there's like we know we know we're or sam neil i'll just we're just gonna say we're um he's the one who built this ship yeah he was the this is his baby this is his baby right and this um excuse me this the the ship just shows back up like seven was it something like seven years later or something like that well should we explain what the ship does yes please so yeah um, the, the movie starts out with, not to get off track here, but the opening credits have a very 90s kind of techno, <laughs> fast-paced, you know, drumbeat thing happening. Yeah. Um, but the point of the event horizon is that it's in, it takes place in what, 2047, I think? Some, somewhere around there, yeah. And so they start with a little crawl that, that says that, not, that uh, on 2015, the first permanent colony has been uh, established on the moon uh shortly thereafter commercial mining begins on mars and finally after that i think in 2040 they uh dispatch the event horizon that is um a prototype or secret military not military a secret project where they uh, are able to achieve faster than light travel or specifically their gravity drive can open a portal through space and instantly you know transport the ship to i think they're headed to proxima centauri or alpha centauri Mm. and they take the ship out past neptune 
um, or right at Neptune, which is what they, you know, decide is a safe distance from the Earth to attempt this. They engage the uh, gravity drive, the ship disappears, and it's considered the greatest space disaster of all time. Yeah. So we get to uh, seven years later, and a little ways into the movie, it's revealed. They don't don't tell them why they're going out there yet, but when they arrive, they tell them that the event horizon has suddenly reappeared in a decaying orbit uh, around Neptune, and they're out there trying to, you know, save people. Yeah, because because I mean, obviously it had a, a crew. I don't know how you know how many people were on it, um, and I felt though okay. So and I want you to explain this to me because again, I only got one watch here, so I'm a little at a disadvantage. And I know you've probably watched this multiple times. Was the ship itself like alive, or was it just some? There was other things going on on the ship. But but it's conveyed to us that maybe it's the ship that's, you know, that's that's kind of what I took away from it is that the ship became possessed, for lack of a better word. Okay. So So wherever it went, has become sentient, or there is a sentient force occupying the ship when they arrive. Okay. So it could be either or. It could be the ship itself, or just something that is encompassing the ship that is causing hallucinations, or there were you know like worst fears or stuff that they can. Kind of and play that's, on them. That's one of the things about the movie. It's like I go, okay, that's happening, whatever it is. But trying to figure out exactly what it is is probably, you know, thinking a little too deep for the movie. You think? I think. I wonder though if if some of that thirty something minutes, you know, that that could have been in the film would have gone a little deeper and explained more of it because I felt at times I was. I'm not like I said. I, I don't want to the word, use the word confused, maybe a little a little lost. And I, I know with some movies that you don't have to fill in all of the gaps because I think I'm smart enough as a viewer to to kind of figure that out. 100%. But in this one, I kind of felt I needed a lot more. I, I, I Yeah. I absolutely agree with you on that. This, this movie should or could have benefited from a little more, you know, explanation of, of where they're at or at least let you see what happened? What was on the other side of the portal? Where did they go? A little bit more of that, which I'm sure is what was in, you know, that cut footage. I, you think? Absolutely. I think they missed an opportunity if that was the case where they could have, let's say they get there, right? They get on the event horizon and then shit kind of goes south, right? I would have loved for, for them to have gone into this, wherever event horizon had disappeared, excuse me, had sure. disappeared too. I would have loved to have seen that. Absolutely. This other, you know. Absolutely. And I just felt like it was a missed opportunity. And I feel like that is probably what was cut from, you know, the footage that that, yeah. that ultimately ended up in theaters. But I think you're right. I think that, um, you know, maybe, maybe it's that when they have to have a character describe if you you know uh, the justin character that actually was pulled into the the portal of the terrible liquid cgi um (laughs) and he comes back if he has to describe you if you've seen the things that i've seen you know you wouldn't try and stop me from killing myself maybe it's better that we didn't see that because i really can't imagine something that i I would see that would make me go okay yeah now i get why he's killing himself yeah but that I just it it 
it definitely lacked something. There was some good things in this movie, and there was some bad things in this movie. Yeah, so I, mean, I think you and I are probably going to, I don't know, differ on our opinion. I Okay, did you, I immediately felt that this was made for 3D, but we, I looked it up. It wasn't, it wasn't a 3D film, but did it not spank a 3D when stuff, yeah. is, when stuff is floating and it comes at the screen? I just took that as, you know, really the part of the bad 1997 season. Is that what you, they were still um, kind of maybe experimenting on what they could do or not do? Maybe, but and I'm that, not much of a 3D connoisseur, so. It, I'm I, not now either. Now that you say it, yeah, that would make sense that maybe those, you know, the watch and the vice grips floating in space. Or just the, 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 um, the yeah, water or just the liquid was coming at them. Like, because Darren had come over and he he had never seen it so i say come over because you know i'm gonna watch this and and he and we both turned to each other i'm like was this supposed to be 3d like because i because you know there was a we've talked about this before there was this influx of 3d movies it happened in the 80s you know i offhand like friday the 13th part three was one i think there was an amityville three that was one and there was a few other ones here and there and then it kind of just went away right and that's what happens like they go through this phase where it's like something becomes big again and we went through that phase let's call it five seven years i don't know was it avatar that did it probably and And then then all clash of the titans yeah yeah. dude in all these films like i think there was a Oh God! I want to say there was a um, Final Destination five or six or something that was 3D, and and I, I and me personally, I I'm not a fan of the 3D. I don't I don't get it. I can't do it, especially with my eyes, because my eyes don't adjust properly, so I can't right. even watch them. Yeah. But this, I was like, okay, well, this is 97. I'm like, was there a this kind of like, you know, was Hollywood like revisiting 3D because it just spanked of it, dude? It, yeah. And so I was like, but no, from what I read was it was just they were experimenting with CGI. Sure. They wanted to see what they could do and not do. Some of the stuff I felt kind of worked and other stuff just did not. And like you were saying, the liquid. and Yeah, uh, it took me out of it every time I saw the, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah. Every time I saw the, uh, you know, the objects floating in space, it could have done without them. I didn't need to see objects floating in space no. that or bad cgi but at the time 1997 maybe it really did look good then maybe possibly i mean we're look. i mean i'm watching it now for the first time through this 2023 lens yeah. and it's like yeah i just i didn't think it was like horrible no it wasn't i just felt it was almost they almost tried too hard with it just to say hey look what we can do and at the same time too it it takes you away like the set design the best thing about this movie by far was the set design the engine room, the ship itself looked fantastic. And when it was real, it was there. They could act against it. Yeah. But then you have these distracting CGI things floating around or the, yeah. the water floating around it. And it takes you away from just how brilliant the set design was. I thought the set design was cool. What I did like was a Lawrence Fishburne's chair. chair. Dude. <laughs> I was like, what is up with this chair? It looks weird. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and he, it seemed like he was very, like, very uncomfortable in the chair. And it's I was his feet were too close together. <laughs> it looked like he was, you know, a paraplegic or a quadriplegic. That's and that what, was how he got around. The, that's the exactly yeah. how I. That's what how I interpreted that. I was like, it just didn't. You know what it felt like to me is I turned to Darren. I said it goes. It said it felt like a. If I was to go to an amusement park like a Great America or something, sure. and I was to hop on a chair for a ride because I'm getting ready to go on, and that's what this felt like, at just at a lower scale. It just Agreed. was, it was weird to me. Agreed. 
and uh, and then uh, I'm trying to think what else. Oh, there was okay. I will say this, and I, I know this happens in movies, but so I think the, you're going to say what I am about to okay, think you're going to say. Okay, so well maybe I won't, but I mean there was a scene where they're walking and they go through this kind of circular like entryway, and if you and when he steps, it's clearly metal, and you can see it bend down like it's oh, rubber. No. I and I, it. Darren and I caught it twice during the movie and i'm like well i am I'm, I'm okay giving some sort of forgiveness to stuff sure. because again it's most of this isn't going to be made out of metal it's supposed to be metal that's what it's 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 conveying to us it's metal right and so i forgive some stuff but it happened like twice like it's it's supposed to be it's supposed to be metal and he steps on it and it like it looks like it's like foam latex. <laughs> it looks like yeah, like that. But what are you? What were you gonna say? I was, and it's just something you notice now watching movies that you probably wouldn't notice then. Is just how much smoking was in movies back then. It's oh, like yeah. they're they're astronauts and they get out there and they need a quick smoke before they go into <laughs> hypersleep or whatever. And then the first thing to do when they get out is grab a smoke, grab a cigarette. <laughs> and it's just it's one of those things. Like I I don't know if the tobacco industry had such a hold on Hollywood back then that they absolutely do not have now, but uh, probably it's funny seeing people smoke in space to me. Yeah. yeah. I, and there's, a, and there's always seems to be a scene in space where there's a guy or two that is welding, <laughs> welding something that has gone, gone awry with the ship Sure. And they're up, and they're up there spending I don't know how much time, and then it looks like just some crappy patch job. And I would think like if we are so far advanced in the future that maybe it would be somehow be more advanced to to fix something like that. Sure. I, I don't know, right? Like some kind of a, a chemical that you spray <laughs> that solidifies. Sure. Like what? Uh, what was it from? From uh, Avengers, where. Iron Man is able to plug the whole Avengers uh, Infinity War uh-huh. when he's on the alien ship and they blow a hole on it and blow the guy out. And then he's able to just spray something that, you know. So, right? If, whatever, Spider-Man's web. You know? I, I mean, now it, okay, I don't know if you ever see the commercial where it's that black spray. Oh, and yeah. it, Flex Seal. Flex Seal. <laughs> you don't got Flex Seal in the future? Like, I, mean, I don't know, man. Something. At least something to plug the hole temporarily <laughs> so you can put something else in there. Right? But yeah. I mean, I understand if this is if this is big gaping hole, right? But if it's something kind of on a on a smaller level, I would think by 2040 something or whatever it is, they've they they're so advanced that they got something. I mean Yeah, they have to have dealt with, you know, hole breaches. You know, at some point, if you can somehow manipulate where you can, you know, you can bend time or whatever the hell it is. Like he was explaining sure. it, uh, Weir was explaining it with the piece of paper. Sure. You know, I would if you can do that and develop the technology to do that, you would think you would have something to patch it. <laughs> I would think so. I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just maybe we're on picking. Too- maybe we're being too critical of it, but <laughs> at the same time, you know, something that takes you out of the movie is worth talking about. So yeah, yeah. Um, so they get to uh, they get to the um, you can you can tell Weir is very uh, he's not really forthcoming on why they're going. Yes. Uh, Miller or Lawrence Fishburne is the captain, I assume, of this ship. He's yes. got all his crew, and they're a little put off because they were on some sort of leave. Yeah, they, it was a last minute, you know, yeah. job that they all got pulled from. I think um, what was uh, Kathleen Quinlan's character's name, Peters. Peters. Um, he stops 
by her and, and tells her, hey, I was trying to get somebody else. I know you're missing time with your kid. That's right. Um, yeah. And she said, don't worry about it. I'm going to get him for the summer. Um, we're going to be okay. And it's just, it was a good way of telling you that she has a kid because that's yeah. going to come into play later. So for sure, for sure. Um, and so we're not quite, I mean, we're, you know, we're not quite sure what, what uh, Weir's his whole reasoning on wanting wanting to get to the ship. I mean, I get that he supposedly is sent there by whoever. Let's call it sure. whoever it is. I don't know if it's not military, is it? Yeah, is it the Federation? I, Who knows? You know? It always seems to be military involved, there right? Seems in these to, or at least ex-military people. You know, the yeah. way that the the ship's command structure is set up, you know, seems like it would be derived from military. Yeah, and so uh, he's not like I said. He's not. He doesn't really give them a lot of of details. But you feel there's some other ulterior motive here. Now, I will a tell you. Bit. I will tell you this. Um, this is what I initially thought, and I kind of wish they would have went this route. Was when we kept getting the flashbacks of his wife. Sure. I thought maybe his wife was part of the crew, and they disappeared. Something like that, and something like that, not just for Weir's character, but also for everybody on the ship would have been good. Like they needed something. You, you find out that she died. Um, later you find out that she yeah. killed herself because he works too much. So he's carrying something around. And that's yeah. what I think, you know, uh, Peters, Kathleen Quinlan's character, she's got something that she's carrying around with her and you, you get that. Um, Lawrence Fishburne's character has something that he's carrying yeah. around from his yeah. past. You don't get that for the other characters. No, and that's what so, I was like because we, there's that one. There's a scene where um, there's a one, and I can't remember which character it was. I don't know if it was Smith or uh, maybe DJ when he pulls the scalpel. Yeah, I was like, he went. He went to like a hundred really fast. Absolutely. What what happened there? We don't get, we don't get any explanation. I felt it was out of place for yeah. me and it was it was something that might be going on with him because of the ship that we don't get any payoff for you know there's no explanation yeah. to it like we don't see like was there a scene they filmed where it it feeds off of something that happened to him yeah. something that he regrets or something that he you know weighs i don't know weighs on him and we don't they cut it yeah and so then we don't it would have made sense on why he went there so fast because it just Maybe. was odd to me yeah like i was like what the hell's happening here i think with each of these characters what what they needed was some something dark in their past that yeah. they are bringing with them um there is a uh, a guy uh movie house who does a really really good breakdown of this film where he's talking about one uh one thing it suffered from was too many characters and he said that every character should have had something. They could have introduced a, a religious element to it. Like one of the characters should have been a devout Catholic or something like that. I think those were absolutely spot on. Yeah. Movie house. Check them out. Yeah. I, I mean, absolutely. Just the thing is with, with a movie like this. Okay. With as many characters as there was, we don't need a ton. We don't need this huge exposition of each of them. It could be something. It could be, um, uh, I'm wearing, they're, they're wearing a cross, right? Uh, a picture that they pull out and they see whatever it is. Anything like that, the audience is smart enough to be able to fill in the gaps. Absolutely. But there was none of that with this. And maybe it was there and it got cut. That's a shame because, I mean, I think the movie could have been, uh, uh, at least for me, a lot better because I had, I had so many, 
I felt, and this is what's interesting because I've seen most of these these actors in other films. I mean, come on, Lawrence Fishburne is phenomenal. He's been around mm-hmm. for years. So is Sam Neill. You know, I actually don't like Sam Neill all really? that much. I feel like Sam Neill is the only actor that I can tell when he's doing a a bad American accent. Oh, or okay. like in Peaky Blinders, like yeah. I feel like he does a bad Irish accent. <laughs> but I've never been a huge Sam Neill fan. No, I mean, I, I, I I'll be honest with you. I haven't. I, I remember him from Jurassic Park. Yeah. Uh, the the you know the franchise. I think he did like part three as well, if I remember correctly, in the Mouth of Madness, which we've yeah. done on this podcast. Um, I don't have an issue with him at all. I felt this film was wasted on both him and Laura, really all of them. I felt the yeah. acting was really bad, which I was surprised by. Um, I felt the dialogue was just elementary. It was bad. Yeah. I found myself, Jake, I found myself laughing at some of the dialogue. And that typically doesn't, if I'm watching a real low-budget piece of crap horror movie from, say, the 80s or something, sure. I I understand I'm going to get bad dialogue here because it's probably made on a couple hundred thousand dollar budget with people that have never acted before. Which doesn't make any sense because the writer is probably the cheapest part of the film process. Like, hire yeah. somebody competent. Right? I just, I, I had just, I, man, I really, I went into this movie, I really wanted to like this because I'd watched the trailer, I'd looked at like stills from the movie and I'm like, this looks cool. And like, how did sure. I not see this? The only thing I can think of is just when it came out, people were like, yeah, this movie's not that good, and I just it stayed was, away from it. The The reason why I re I checked it out again was uh, a couple of months ago, I just kept seeing, you know, I think it was probably around Halloween, and I ended up on YouTube going through people's top lists of scary movies. Yeah. And I noticed that it wound up on a lot of people's really? top 10, top 5 lists. And I'm like, wow, I, I saw it back then. I don't remember too much of it. Uh, but I do remember it looked great. The the set design, the physical elements of that looked great. So I'm going to give it another look. And I was underwhelmed, but I do think it ended up being a, a competent movie. Mid-level, eh, yeah. you know. I, but it could have been so much better. I think, yeah. Because I, I looked on IMDb and they gave it like a 6.6. I'm like, how did that get a 6.6? Like, there are other movies that I thought were way better that got a lower rating. And I'm like, and I never know, you know, who's I, who's giving these reviews exactly. and what they're... And I understand that everyone is different than me. And that and that's great. Um, I just... And maybe because I am not a fan of space... So maybe I wasn't as forgiving with yeah. the stuff that I saw. Um, if this was say on like land, yeah, <laughs> did know? it did it need to take place in space? Could you take the premise of this story and you know set it in the Australian outback, and so it becomes you know you know a, a desert island type movie? We're going into this place that's. Yeah you know, completely out of the way and not too many people can get there. You know, maybe it, it's deep in the Amazon and there's, you know, a tribe in there and it's yeah. something along those lines, you know? I, perhaps. I, 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 I believe that the story itself has a lot of promise to me. Like I felt, like I get it. Like I thought it was, it was kind of creative and kind of cool, but then I just felt the execution for me just, it, it left a lot unsaid. I just was like wanting so much more. Like I couldn't, I, I sat there going, I mean, the dialogue was so just terrible for me. 
Like, I'm like, who the hell wrote this? Especially with these really good actors you have. Sure. And, and then just the way they portrayed the characters. I just, I don't know, man. It just felt like a mess to me. And, and I was surprised. And again, it could have just been all the stuff that, that they cut out. Maybe it would have just added more and it would have, you know, it kind of felt in the, the crevices for me. And maybe I would have, it would have gelled more, but I just... I- I think it really did suffer from having too many characters. There were too many people in this movie, and that's probably why the dialogue, you know, suffered as much as it did, because there were just too many there were too many people that had to get words in. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Smaller crew might have been maybe, but I mean if you think about those types of movies, look l- okay, let's just let me think offhand. Aliens comes to mind. Sure. Or alien comes to mind. I know there's other space, you know, uh, but if you think about it, how many, there were about the same amount of characters in aliens. Yeah. I think the only difference though, is you. And you, one by one, all of those characters got killed. And yeah. you know, another thing about this movie is how many people survived to the end? Like three, two, was it three? I want to say it was Cooper and Stark. Stark. And, uh, but I forgot about it. So towards the end, I'm like, did Stark die? Because I can't remember now. See, that's, I shouldn't I have to. I don't think she died. No, she didn't. But but towards the end, before it was over, I was like, is Stark still alive? I shouldn't have to like ask myself that yeah. watching a movie. I shouldn't know. Right. Yeah. I, I'm with you on yeah, that. Or the, and the ambiguous ending too, which we can talk about when we get yeah, there. But. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, so so they get to, okay, so they get they get to the event horizon. The idea is we're gonna, you know, Miller and some of them are gonna go onto the um, onto the ship, but they want Weir to stay back because they're just not sure what they're gonna come across. Yep. And so, and he's very adamant about getting on the ship. Um, and they get on the ship, and then of course, you know, weird stuff starts happening. Sure. I guess you know. I guess you could talk about like the the layout of the ship too, and there that there are two main sections. There's kind of the engine section where yeah. the gravity drive is housed, and then a long corridor that leads back to the you know the bridge and the you know. I guess all of the other absolutely. Like, med- I don't know. Maybe there was a medical room or yes. like some. I actually kind of real. I really dug the the design of that room. If I, I could say anything, I would say that was really cool. Absolutely, it felt futuristic. It and it felt like it wasn't uh, like they put in some some time and and thought into absolutely. how they built that. Um, and I think the idea is the way this thing was built. Right, is there's these explosives, and if something doesn't go right you can activate these explosives and break the ship and i'm not gonna say really half but it breaks apart but then the front section can be used as you know to get you back home but a lifeboat if if you will if something went bad with the initial crew and they knew something wasn't right why didn't they do that I well, I think. Did you think it just honestly, happened so fast? I think it just happened so fast. So I think they didn't have any time to react. Whatever happened happened immediately upon folding space and going into the what you know is is implied but never said. They call it the hellish dimension online a lot. The hellish dimension. I, see, I, I would I just have loved if we would have saw that, man. Yeah, and like, I, I just it doesn't make sense to me to have explosives lining the entire thing <laughs> anyhow. Like. Maybe they could have come up with some kind of a mechanical release to just do that. Like the explosives, I felt like if they had, if they, if the story had been so that the somebody had placed them there, um, maybe I don't know. It's just, it's, yeah. it's another one of those plot quirks that 
It, well, I, but it's it's done intentional, right? Because yeah. of course the explosive comes into play, of course, later in the film, and so they have to introduce that it's a thing, and then absolutely, and then it, yeah, it's Chekhov's gun. Yes, Chekhov's gun. Um, so I mean, yeah, they they immediately get like bad kind of juju, right? With what's going on in yes. the ship, they they get like uh, visions. Peters, I think Peters and Miller uh, head toward the front of the ship, the the crew quarters or whatever. And uh, Justin heads towards the back. He heads toward the the gravity drive, right? Yeah. So why do why was this? And again, maybe this was explained. Why do they keep calling him baby boy? Hey, baby I, boy. I, I think that was just something that they oh. were trying to give these two characters some kind of camaraderie, and you know, it felt again, him. it felt awkward to me. Yeah, it just it didn't make any sense. So he go. Deet or Cooper's character to me was just far too upbeat. The whole the whole movie, he was just too bubbly. There was, yeah. you know. It, which it, it was a, a choice by the actor and it just he didn't you know his attitude and his disposition was just not it was bubbly almost did you, know? you see did you feel it was kind of because in these movies there's always that like comic relief right there's always at least Absolutely. one one man or woman that is and i think that was him yeah and it was just right. it was too much of it it was over i yeah like was, i found his character very annoying yeah, for it me was, at least it was ll cool j and deep blue sea <laughs> yeah you know? kind of like that yeah. um that one i would argue worked a little better but uh well yeah he did great he did I he mean, actually yeah. survived the movie he because did survive, of how his character but, was performing on screen so. yeah um but yeah i mean they so then so justin goes into the, the Hey, what's the room where this this react? I don't know yeah. what you call this. This reactor. I don't know what this thing is. It's what the, the proper I don't know, the engine room or the kind of the brain right of the yeah. of the ship out um, of the ship. The what? It was the heart of the, the ship, heart of the. There you go. The heart of the ship. Um, and he goes in there. I always and did he go to like touch it and then get sucked into yeah. this? Why do people always feel a need I to? I don't know, but I mean, I can't say I wouldn't do something like that if I was in that position. But at the same time, he goes into the you know the gravity drive room, the engine room, or whatever, and he sees the orb or whatever you know move around, and suddenly the lights go on. It line you know it lines up, and suddenly there's this wall of you know bad CGI liquid of some sort. <laughs> so of course. As anybody would, he approaches it, he sticks his finger in, and then sort of sticks his whole arm in, and then somebody or something grabs him, Pulls and him they in. have that moment that we all knew was happening, going to happen the second he stuck his finger in that thing. <laughs> he gets pulled in, and the you know the leash or whatever that he's on starts running back, yeah. and so Cooper immediately sees that he's you know, moving too fast, he's in trouble, yeah. and then he takes off after him. So at what point does, when, when he comes out of this, you know, because uh, doesn't Cooper go in to kind of get him, right? Yes. And, but but at, he's coming out of the hole at the same time, so he grabs them. Is yeah. that when there's that explosion? That's, yeah, at the and same it, time what, that happens, um, while, and Miller and Peters are up front. Miller's, you know, looking around for survivors or whatever. Peters apparently is going into the ship's computer to try and get any data that might ah, be in that's there. That's right. Something that might have been stored yeah. or something. Yeah. And uh, I think she has a moment where, uh, you know, a, a really a, a CD or something is coming out of the computer. <laughs> yeah, she and can't it pull stuck. it out. She yeah, can't yeah. pull it out. <laughs> but so, uh, so uh, Cooper is going after it, and just as he gets into the room, Justin reemerges from the the portal or whatever yeah. that that is. Yeah. 
um, kind of collides with them and he catches them. Oh, and right. at that moment, um, Peters is working on restoring gravity, artificial gravity oh, in the atmosphere. Right. So yeah. that's why shortly after uh, Cooper grabs him, all of the floating water and everything suddenly crashes to the ground. That's right. So, yeah. yeah. Then they don't they come crashing. Down? They come crashing I'm down. To remember, yes, yeah. and uh, you know Justin is obviously catatonic in yeah. some form. Yeah. Well, whatever he's seen is yeah. Um, so and then I mean they 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 do whatever they can do to try to revive him or see what's going on, but. Sure. Um, but at that same time, some kind of a an energy pulse or explosion. I wouldn't say, but some sort of energy pulse comes out of the portal. It runs through the entire ship, yeah. you know, lots of explosions. There's a cool part uh, w- about the explosion that we'll talk about, but yeah. it travels all the way th- through the event horizons corridor and ends up hitting the Lewis and Clark, which fries yeah. everything. There's lots of, you know, sparks and explosions. Yeah. And I think there's a fire, right? Yeah, Wasn't there a fire? They had fire. fires and yeah. Um, damages the hole. That's what punches a hole in the, uh, yeah, in the hole. We, yeah, that we talked about. Uh, do you think when he went in and came out is when it was released, do you think that if he hadn't gone into the, let's call it the whatever, the hole, do you think it wouldn't have disturbed anything and everything? Maybe, but then we don't have a movie, right? <laughs> I know, I'm just curious. So, like, but, I mean, Or was it just always there? We don't know what, I mean, obviously we're going to go with it. The ship is possessed in one form or another. So at some point it was going to make a move to, to yeah. damage the ship. Because what the, the end result of that was that the Lewis and Clark, they could no longer occupy it. They had to put the fires out, and they had to get off the Lewis and Clark and get yeah. onto the event horizon. So, which is yeah, which is what the ship wanted. Sure, but what was the okay? So, and again, I know this is probably That's where stupid. we 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 could have there. There was no explanation of what this was. There was just plot points moving forward. There, what well, I mean, okay, if the ship is alive, right? It's some sort of entity now. What what it's, it's what is it, it? What's its end game here? Is it just to to get bodies and it somehow feeds on the what what is the purpose of it it's like just, I, I don't know it's pure evil it's just pure yeah, evil it's pure evil anybody that comes across it it's gonna get killed and tortured and, and terrorized because i mean they, they they yeah they make them uh they manipulate them they kind of they, they cause hallucinations they play on their insecurities or stuff that you know like with peters it was her son we get the impression that he's He's, his health isn't great, and that, I, I, I mean, think maybe he's paralyzed. Yeah, um, that would explain when yeah. she when she goes into that kind of medical room, and there's like it looks like almost like a tent. Sure, and she she sees like, someone moving around, and yeah. she pulls it off, and it's, it's like the tent from Mad Max when Goose is in the tent. You <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. Uh, but yeah, she goes in and she sees him. And she she pulls you know the opens the tent or whatever, and it's her kid acting like a acting like a toddler well that was another one that took me out of it where he's like mommy yeah like that kid's like 12 well that's what i was yeah 12 yeah some and then the the legs look deformed like lesions on his legs so i I guess we're to assume maybe he had an accident possibly so 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 you know that's what the ship is playing on her that way i I know with miller or lawrence fishburne was that he had you know we we get this kind of uh story where he had uh 
uh, left a, a, I guess, a, a, a fellow. Uh, I, was he the captain at the time? I'm trying to remember the story I, I would he told. So yeah, I mean, and, it's the, yeah. there was some sort of an emergency, and um, in order to save the rest of them, we've all seen that in a space movie sure. too. Like yeah. you got to lock somebody out to yeah. isolate you, the fire yeah. or the, the disaster, and he had to leave somebody behind. Yeah, and he watched that person like burn, burn the in, de- yeah, yeah in and so we get G. yeah, so we get that throughout the film where it's like you know the ship again is playing on it, but. And then a little bit with Weir as well with his wife, um, you know, uh, we still get all these kind of like visions or flashbacks with her. Um, there was a scene in one of it in, in the room that he was in where she was there and he was trying to talk to her, but of course, you know, she, he's just yeah. imagining it. And, and this his is a- started his started at the very beginning before they came out of hypersleep. So he had the first vision when they were all still in what do they call it stasis. Yeah. Um, where he comes out and it's the oft memed, you know, him screaming, the Sam Neill screaming that you see in memes all over the internet. The, I'm not going to do it, but. Uh, so, so, so Jake, because you're more familiar with me than I am when it comes to space, okay? Why is it that they have to go into that, say, that, uh, you know, all of them, they, they, they're basically stripped down and they go into some sort of whatever liquid or this looked like water to me. What is that to stop? What is the purpose of that? Are they going through like Which some, part? okay. At the very beginning. And you see this in all the movies, right? It, they it did this in aliens where they all kind of stripped down, right? And they're in like, let's call it their underwear. Oh, and you're bra. talking about the stasis. Part, yeah. Right? Well, tell me the purpose. They, they of, explain it in the movie that when the engines, you know, engage and they take off, they're going to be doing something like 30 or 300 G's. Okay. And unless they were in some kind of a liquid going uh, out, that would crush. He said it would liquefy your bones. So oh, I don't remember. It's, it's they something like that, that they, in the movie. Yeah. It's, it's oh, a shit. beginning. So I don't remember that. Um, when they're just re- getting ready to go into stasis, we know when Sam, Sam Neil, Oh, yeah. Sam Neil. No, that's, I was going to say, uh, what was his name from Jurassic park? Oh, I forget his damn character's Whatever. name. Whatever. Yeah, but, yeah, his character. So there, he's yeah. going and he's trying to introduce himself to to Miller and thank him for letting him come along and and he keeps you know being very curt with him and cutting him off and just being talking. You know the clock is ticking. Yeah. We got to go. So just as he's getting ready to go into stasis, and I think Cooper asks him, "Are you uh, are you are you claustrophobic?" He said, "Very." He's like, eh, well, "All right." <laughs> so they got to go into that. So the liquid, um, you know saves them or, or protects them from okay g's that would that would kill them because i mean i know in other movies mm-hmm. they do that yeah i uh, the first one that comes to mind is have you ever heard of the three body problem no really great book series and um it, it's about an alien invasion um, we won't get into it yeah, but yeah. when they're uh it takes place over hundreds of years and so they are um the technology is moving forward that they're creating spaceships to protect themselves against this alien invasion that's going to come in like 400 years. And they, one of the things they talk about, I don't know if they talk about it, if they do is they, you know, encapsulate the entire thing in liquid so that you can uh, stand the G's of traveling through space. But I guess that makes sense. That makes sense. It's it's once it makes sense. It's there. You know, yeah, it, I just was always wondering because I just don't know enough about that. Because, like I said, I'm just not a huge fan, and so I'm never really. And I didn't even, I didn't even hear them explain that in the movie. I guess I just, just I don't know, it just went over my head or something. I just didn't hear it, but I always was wondering that. You know, like it, it makes sense when you explain it. Like, okay, if you're going that fast, when you get into science <laughs> fiction, it's nice to know that the 
people that are making the movie are doing research with real scientists and, you know, at least doing a minimal effort of, okay, if we are going out into space, what, what do we need? What would this be like? What, what's the most likely scenario of how we would do this if we are fast forwarding 50 years, right? Yeah. So, okay. It's interesting you bring that up because when uh, Darren came over and we watched this and he, we were, we were talking uh, after the movie, we were talking about stuff. And he, he said he was talking about the explosion because in space with it being zero gravity, zero air, zero air, there's no oxygen. So when there's an explosion, you're not going to hear anything. It's just like a, well, you would on the bridge, and, and that's the same. You can go back to Star Wars and the sound of the TIE Fighters and the X-Wings. Like, there would be no, <laughs> no sound, sound in space. But it's not as cool if you yeah, don't have it's it. It's not as cool if you don't have it. <laughs> but there was that great scene, and I'm pretty sure I read that this actually happened. They had an accident on set, and it was uh, Jolie Richardson. You can see it in the movie, and I was giving it another breeze through last night, and I kept pausing it right on this moment where... Uh, Jolie Richardson and Sam Neill are sitting at a console and it's just as that pulse comes through the ship and everything blows up and catches fire. But you can see an explosion come out and hit Jolie Richardson right in the face. Yeah. And then the next scene, it cuts to uh, Sean Pertwee Smith, um, you know, with a cigarette in his mouth, (laughs) (laughs) you know, falling back, blowing up, falling back away from the console that's blowing up and then covering his head and doing a good role and i'm like they weren't acting there i don't think they were acting there no i think that was an explosion that they weren't ready for really if you give it another watch just pay attention I, I to, to that check part that out yeah. it, it looks like a legit this wasn't supposed to blow up this close to my oh, face shit. So. <laughs> that unfortunately that those types of things happens a lot on set yeah. when there's accidents like you're like holy shit mm-hmm. Like, I forget what movie it was. Um, I think it was... Uh, Morrison, I did an episode. Oh, my God. I can't think of the movie right now. But uh, one of the, the women actors, she uh, was supposed to go through... Uh, she was banging on a uh, glass door. And it was supposed to be a, a breakaway glass, but it didn't. And she ended up cutting the hell out of herself and required all kinds of surgeries and where she went and actually sued them because was of that, the that ne- wasn't blade runner was it no no it was a horror movie that um and i'm trying to remember what episode it was morrison i did the episode and i can't think of the damn movie right now um it was from the director of martyrs um and i can't jesus i can't think of what movie it well, is Well, you've always got you know the the classic story classic i'm being a dick now um, the Twilight Zone movie, the actor who was oh, yeah. actually decapitated oh, yeah. by the helicopter. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. When the uh, yeah the the uh, I forget. I always forget his name. And then the two kids. Yep. That yeah. And then you've got the crow, obviously. Obviously, with Brandon, Brandon Lee. Lee loses oh, his life. And yeah. most recently, Alec Baldwin shooting the director of photography on that movie Rust that probably won't see the light of day. I but don't think these it things will. happen. Yeah. No, I know it is like a movie set must be an ocean nightmare. Yeah. Oh, my God, right? <laughs> One thing I've always thought, this has nothing to do with the movie, but there are certain things that might happen in a film that, even though they're acting, has to qualify as some sort of workplace violence, right? Yeah. You got you know, people accidentally getting punched or somebody being choked or anything like that. And it's just interesting to me that nowadays... 
movies seem a little more sanitized to me nowadays, whereas back in the day, like they were like, fuck it, let's do it. Let's just do it. Sure. Yeah. Hey, and if the, if the actor's really, you know, terrified, that's even better. Well, I mean, there, I think back, let's call it, I don't know, 30 to whatever many years ago, there's less repercussions. Yeah. I know. I mean, I, I mean, this is going back to kill bill, which I know is not 30 years ago, but I mean the damage that it did to Irma Thurman's back, I believe, you know, but I mean, hell, let's go back to the wizard of Oz. Right. The, the lady who played the witch was, I mean, she was burnt, man. Yeah. Like, I mean, and then the makeup that, that was, they, they were, this was all new to them. Yeah. And it ended up causing, or, or, oh, shit, when they were going to the uh, Emerald City and all the poppies were filled with asbestos because they didn't know any better. <laughs> right. How, how, many, how many of them probably died because of it, Is man? It, man, <laughs> you can't have too, you can't be too careful when it comes to an artistic endeavor. Like, I... Same problem I have with country music these days is like I want to hear music uh, from people that have drug problems and accidentally killed a guy. You know, that's the stuff I want to hear. Whereas everything now, nobody's you know addicted to anything. Nobody's got a checkered past. They're all you know. I feel we've yeah. It's a little too sanitized. I, I think the last few years is is become a little uh, cautious yeah. and careful not to not to piss people off and so like like i feel there's gloves on all the time yeah. and hopefully sooner than later we kind of get out of that and i get it we go through a we go through what we did you know with covid and everything and and not to mention all the other stuff i, I mean we're not going to get into politics but all the other like the rest of of uh, let's just say the world right uh, you know the war and 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 just the state of our country and stuff like that People get very uneasy and they don't want to give you some sort of entertainment, right? Here is your movie or your television show and we don't want to we don't want to remind you of what's going on. So I feel people have been very cautious, not everyone, very cautious of of what they convey or you know, in yeah. music and in movies and anything else. Like I feel commercials Agreed. have become so like we got to do this and this to to somehow portray a, an item, and I'm not going to get in. I'm not going to get down in the weeds on what that is. But I think some of the people who watch commercials these days and know exactly what I'm talking about. It's like, it's like, well, we got to do this and we got to do that because, you know, we don't want to piss off someone and we don't want to make someone uncomfortable. And it's like, I don't know. I think man. it's interesting that I, I think. Long story short, a what I want as I want to see cigarettes in movies again. <laughs> I want to see people doing it, but yeah, to it, to a degree anyway, but I think it's God forbid we explore any ideas that might make you uncomfortable. And that it's kind of a, 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 a little bit of a switch nowadays from then when a movie like the exorcist or Hellraiser came out at the time that they came out, uh, I think, you know, the majority of the country were were probably coming from some sort of conservative religious, you know, background. And so when they make a movie like that, it's challenging the status quo. Um, I don't think doing that, making that kind of movie, um, you know, making the movie that that's sex and and um, debauchery and gore and violence i don't i don't think that's as offensive now as it was back then yeah whereas back then it was i would i would argue that it was braver to make that movie then given the Mm -hmm. the the 
you know, the nature of the country in itself. Whereas now, if you try to think of what would be, you know, what would challenge the status quo? I just think the status quo has shifted and that Overton window is a lot further left. So when people make a movie that they would call brave, you know, now it's not the same thing. It's preaching to the choir. It's everybody, you know, you make a, you make a hellraiser now and we're like, yeah, yeah. Oh, but I wouldn't call it brave. They're, they're preaching to the choir. Or like if you were to make a movie about priests molesting kids now, we're like, yeah, we all know that priests molest kids. We've been making that movie for the last 20 years, right? Yeah. And back then, they weren't making that movie, so it was brave. There was an institution yeah. that you're kind of speaking out against. Yeah. Nowadays, it's like, yeah, everybody knows. Yeah, I mean, I think it's the whole taboo thing, right? Like, there's certain, like, again, you mentioned Hellraiser. When Hellraiser came out, there wasn't really anything, you know, like that. And and. And I was when I watched it for the first time, I I felt very uh, uncomfortable, and it was very unsettling for me. And, and I can't remember was that eighty seven. Do you remember when Hellraiser, Hellraiser was eighty seven? I can't I remember. Eighty seven. Eighty seven sounds right. So at, I'm fifteen, you know, and I, I yeah, didn't have yeah. a lot of stuff to kind of base, even though I had watched horror movies a lot. I, but Hellraiser was very different than everything else, and yes. so it kind of went against the grain. Yes, and that's and nowadays, is there really anything that goes against the grain that we are not because we're so subject to social media and er, there's anything and everything you want to find you can find literally on your phone, right? Right. So now, and we've talked about being desensitized. So it's like I don't really watch something and go, "Oh man, that made me." I mean, there's been a couple movies. Um, that made me uncomfortable. That made me. Hereditary's one, the yeah. dark and uh, I think the dark and the wicked, uh, Saint Maud. Again, all three of these we've done episodes on. But I, I, I love when and in, typically it's these indie movies, man. Right. Because I feel there's they don't have handcuffs on from these studios. They're I, auteur pieces. They're yeah. they're movies that are driven by you know one person's vision as opposed to something like Event Horizon that is certainly a a story in a movie that was created by committee, you know, the, yeah. the, the studio definitely came down and, and, uh, and yeah. what is, is, uh, Paul Anderson an auteur filmmaker? I can't think of, I don't think so. I mean, didn't he do mortal Kombat right before event yeah. horizon? And I would not call that. I mean, that's just a kind of a big budget kind of Hollywood film. Yeah. I don't know what he's it, done it's since. Candy. Uh, yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, then some of these other, yeah, I, I mean, to me, the, like the A24s come to mind. It's, yeah. you're gonna, I I really enjoy most of those films because I feel like I'm not gonna get the norm that I'm getting elsewhere. And I'm not saying I don't like the norm. There are some big Hollywood horror movies that I really, Megan comes to mind. I really enjoyed, I had fun with that. I still haven't that. seen that one. Dude, I, you need to check it out. I think you would like it, man. Uh, I, I always yeah. figured it would be somewhere along the lines of, remember that movie Upgrade that came out a couple of years yeah, ago? Yeah, yeah. Similar uh, to that? No, I would say, um, I mean, kind of, Upgrade to me felt a little more darker. Sure. Megan has a lot more comedy going on, but I mean, I think okay. they do a good job with it. Um, I saw it in the theater a couple times, and I know there's, excuse me, there's a... Um, there's an uncut version, which from what someone told me, it's not really a lot more. I was hoping for like, when I watched the movie, I felt what was missing for me was just a little gore. I'm not okay. a huge fan of gore, but give me a little bit. And I felt like it was missing that. And I thought, okay, they're going to put it in this uncut version. And there's a little bit from what I've been told, because I haven't, I haven't watched the uncut version. Okay. 
but it's a fun movie. You have fun with it, and I think you would dig it. But I'll that comes to mind. Out. Like I, I am not against you know a, a bigger Hollywood horror film versus a, a like an independent one that you know costs nothing to make. I, I as long think, as it's good, I don't care what it is. And it's, I think yeah. those little ones are going to uh, those independent movies. I just generally are going to be better. I'm not against, like you said, yeah. a, a big budget horror movie. But too often you're going to wind up with like Tom Cruise's The Mummy or <sighs> Dracula Unbound or whatever that sure, was. Sure. There's just, it's, it's not going to be that good. But if you get somebody who's got a, a, a sick and twisted story to tell, then find me the guy that's going to do it on $250,000 yeah. and mm-hmm. he's going to be running the show. <laughs> For sure, man. Um, so I guess we should get back to Event Horizon. <laughs> um, I don't even know where we left off. Um, well, what we know is, is the ship is is causing hallucinations or it's manipulating them. Right. And then they've had to move from the Lewis and Clark, which is the rescue ship onto the event horizon. So now you're not on your ship anymore. Now you're stuck in this and they discover that, um, they, they're breathing too much carbon dioxide and they've got what, 20 hours, something like that, like 20 hours to, you know, figure out what they're going to do. And in the meantime, I think Cooper and, I can't remember if it was Smith that's trying to fix the the Lewis and Clark, um, but we 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 feel that Weir or Sam Neill's character has some sort of other ulterior motive that he's not yeah. sharing. But Jake, this he is, is where the I, antagonist of this he, film because he really when is. the other characters come along and say, uh, you know, when Cooper says, "I saw this, you know, black hole of liquid," and yeah. he um, Justin emerged from it. Um. And then uh, Peter says that she had a vision of her kid. Well, we know that um, Sam Neill's character also had a vision, but he's explaining away them. He's, you know, he's condescendingly saying, I think, yeah, I think that you're seeing things or that (laughs) you're, it's a stress reaction and you're not really seeing it. So that puts him, you know, at odds with the characters are like, you know, F you, man. I, I know what I saw. Yeah. Yeah. But, okay, but man, do you think... This is what I'm like. His is his motive here, just to get back on the ship because he feels this connection to the ship because it's his baby. Or was there some other motive, man, that they just didn't explain? Because when you when you kind of get rid of all of it, it's just I I love my ship. I want to be part of it, and you know, well, I think that, that's really all it came down to, right? I mean, well, well I think also while the other characters. Um, that experience hallucinations are at odds with those hallucinations. They're uncomfortable. They don't want the hallucinations. He's seeing his wife, and I, it feels very much like he's the one that's immediately giving into those hallucinations. He wants to be with her again. He wants yeah. to indulge that whatever's happening. So at the same time, he's saying, "No, this is my ship." And and listen whatever you're saying is not really happening. The ship was designed for that to not happen. And, yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. perfectly safe. Come on down. <laughs> and uh, The so, water's fine. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He's like, there's no shark in the water. Come on, I'll go swimming right now. I just, yeah, man, I, I felt like it was a missed opportunity. Like I, I would have, I, I, to me, okay, you, you, you designed or built the ship. I get it. It comes back. You want to check it out. You want to see what's happened. But I felt like, something really could have like pulled him to the ship would have been his wife being say, uh, you know, part of the crew and then yeah. it disappeared. Like he felt like, is he still alive? There's some, some, 
something that's unsettled or uh, unsettled there or unclear or of what you know something other than just her committing suicide because he worked too much. Yeah, I, like, I just didn't buy that, man. Like it was the motivations of the characters were always kind of unclear and easily explained away. But as we get to the point where you know the suddenly the movie. Um, becomes like an escape movie where there's yeah. a countdown and we've Pretty we've much. got this like amount of time movies, yeah. before we need to be out of here, and that's where it kind of becomes a mess for me too. Because, so. Yeah, I mean, because then uh, he gets taken over by the ship. We know Justin ends up dying, right? Does just no? I'm, actually, Justin doesn't die because they he he he's in that little chamber. And then they somehow rescue him and they stick him yeah. in that uh, the the stasis that you were talking about. Sure. So we assume he still survived. Yeah, so I that is right. The there was he was the third person. Now that I'm thinking think about, of. yeah. Um, but like, then I think there's a I think Weir doesn't Weir plan a, a an explosive on the Lewis and Clark and then ends up blowing up. I want to say it's Smith. I'm try, I know it's definitely Smith. Is I don't remember if it's I don't think it's DJ. You know, it's it's hard. Was it there's Peters? a lot. There's too many oh, characters no. to keep track. See, this of. is the yeah. thing, man. Because I mean, there's a there's a okay. We they they've established that the ship is is sentient. Yeah, they, they're they're they know the things that are happening aren't real. We know her uh, Peter's son isn't on the ship. Yeah, but then towards the end, when they're getting ready to like escape, she sees her son, and I'm like, come on, you know he's that. That's yeah. just a. It's just an illusion. It's not real. But why the hell are you following it's, it? I don't. They put it in there. Maybe it's because it's something to, you know, for the audience. They're giving you the audience something to scream, to invest in, to scream yeah. at the screen and and say, no, it's not real. Get out of there, girl. Just yeah, just leave. I mean, I don't know. I, I guess for the sake of the movie, it's like we we get a death. Right? She right. she goes to follow the sun that doesn't exist. It's just the ship messing with her mind. And she doesn't realize when she steps that it's literally she she falls to her death. I don't right. even know how far this was. I don't either. But then, but then, what was interesting is like at this point, I feel like Weir's character is taken over by the ship, but he feels remorse for her. Um, right? Didn't God, he feel I don't that even way? Remember that part? Like, because I mean, she falls into kind of that liquid or that water, and he comes and he feels like kind of remorseful that she maybe died. Maybe it's but, just a moment of clarity for him, where his old self, you maybe. know, his human self, comes through while the rest of him is kind of devolving and and descending yeah. into this. Yeah, because he know, gets, I mean, he character. gets consumed basically a hundred percent not too long after, yeah. and then he plants the explosives. He grabs the explosives and plants them on the Lewis and Clark, which yeah. blows up the ship. Uh, kills a few of them. I again, I don't remember who it it's was. How Sean did? Pertwee. How did? Because I thought Smith died. Because I thought Smith was. He did. W- DJ's death. Do you remember? He was the one that grabbed the scalpel and put yeah. it. What was his death? Do you, I, do you recall, dude? I, I I'll be honest, man. You got me. It was kind of like it wasn't really like I, I left this movie going. A lot of it just wasn't like oh I rem- I don't know. It wasn't impactful for me like I would remember every single thing. This was where they start doing, okay, all of the plot points, all the beats need to be hit. We need to kill this person, that person. And the the, the hallmarks of a great horror movie is that you will remember every single death. They did not execute this very well. They, they executed it like it was a, a science fiction action movie. Was his death the one where it was kind of Hellraiser-ish, where he was cut and peeled back and kind of 
like uh, propped up in the medical room. Do you remember yeah. that? I was think that it his? Been. That yeah, might have been, been his death. That's where like I kept seeing. Like, I feel I kept, like I should have remembered that. Yeah. Well, it just came to. But I mean, dude, it just came to my mind yeah. right now. Um, that felt very much like Hellraiser, and of course, like we said, Clive Barker was on the set. He yeah. was a consultant to this, which I thought was very interesting. Well, I, if you look at the the engine room, like that, that definitely looks very Barker esque or Hellraiser ish. Why? Why? I guess my is it because they just wanted a feel of the movie, and they're like, "Well, who else do we get? Well, let's get Clive Barker." Maybe he was available at the time, or yeah. maybe the set designers were people who were really inspired by Clive Barker's <laughs> work, and some. Somebody knew somebody and he dropped yeah. by to take a look and they said, Hey, look, look at what we did. <laughs> Who knows? Well, man, but. we, uh, I don't know. So that we, we get kind of towards the end, right? I mean, we're fully yep. absorbed by this ship. Uh, I don't think there's any coming back for They're him. They're going to execute the plan where they blow up the corridor and yeah. use the front of the ship to yeah. try and get home yeah. or, or get rescued somehow. Yeah. But uh, which I think Lawrence Fishburne's character Miller does right. He goes down the hall yes. and he runs down, and then they get he gets into this. He engages with Weir, and he well first he sees his own hallucination yeah. of the guy burning, yeah. which you know then turns into Weir's character, no eyes, face all cut up, uh, Cenobite looking, <laughs> Cenobite and, looking, yeah, uh, and he you know, realizes that, oh, he's going to have to sacrifice himself. So he does. Yeah. The corridor is blown. The engine room blows up. The event horizon's gravity drive is lost. Or they engage the gravity drive, and they see it full, you know, it goes back into whatever the hellish dimension yeah. is. Yeah. And uh, the survivors drift away on the, they dri- of the event horizon. They drift away. Would, now that I'm talking about it, uh, you would have Cooper, Stark, and then... Justin, who's in that stasis uh, yes. chamber, like a completely pointless survival for it. it a just movie. was felt rushed and just sloppy to me. Um, yeah. uh, what what was the like very they, they was there anything at the end that was like some like uh, one you know like those typical horror movie endings? Yeah. What was it? Because now I don't even remember. It Jake. was so they get into stasis and then they move beyond to you know time jump or whatever yeah. and the time jump lands when uh the rescue ship for them arrives on the event horizon that's right starts uh. taking everybody out of stasis and i think i don't even think it did a very good job of this but you see the door close behind them you know um when she uh when was, oh, it, stark? was it stark yeah. yeah when she comes out of it she has uh you know a hallucination still of the rescuer being weird, all cut up and gross looking. Yeah. Um, but then the door closes behind him and that's the end of the movie. So it's, it could be implied that whatever, you know, infected the ship, whatever possessed the ship is still there. And now it's going to move on and we're going to start all over with this new rescue crew. So, yeah, but it just wasn't a great job. Right? I, I feel I like know. there were, the things that I loved about this movie were the set design. And I yeah. I thought it looked beautiful. It looked, the ship looked great. The gravity drive um, set looked fantastic. Um, but it, it ended there. I feel like they could have done so much more with that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I really, yeah, I just, I was kind of hoping for a lot more with this. Um, I, I had never seen it, so I was just like, okay, I'm going to go into this thing kind of blind, other than I watched the trailer, you know. Um, sure. I wanted just, yeah, dude, I just, I, I expected so much more from from this, especially with the, the ensemble. Um, I, I would agree, I, I think the set design uh, was... With the exception of Lawrence Fishburne's chair. Yeah, the chair was just so weird to me. Um, yeah. Other what, than that, I thought it was, you know. What I would have liked, um, we do see how whatever entity that has possessed the ship, we, we see how it affects the, the the crew in their own way. Yeah. What I would have liked to see is, you know, what was on those recordings that they found um, where it, it was very like they were having some kind of an orgy slash torture session. Mm. It would have, I would have liked to explore that, not just, you know, for tits and ass, but I would have liked to explore the way the ship, you know, cause it's implied that the ship went to hell. Yeah. They call yeah. it a hellish, hellish dimension. Yeah. So I, I, in the same way that in Hellraiser, opening the box takes you through to a different dimension into what we would conceive as hell. It would have been interesting to explore that more and how it affects people and how whatever sin or dark past mm-hmm. you have, it brings that up to the surface and you become the worst version of yourself. And if everybody, you know, exploring that more where it's not it's not necessarily the hell and the things that happen to you. It's what going to this place turns you into yeah. or yeah. what it brings out in you, just some sort of sickness that it would bring to the surface Mm -hmm. i thought that would have been really interesting to explore and we got none of that we got some flashbacks and apparently that is what was on the footage that got cut so i think it was definitely a a missed opportunity i think so too i think so too i think it probably would have been better i think i probably would have liked it more if it if it gave me more of that um you know and I, I just, I, I, I turned it off and I just felt super disappointed. Like, I just was like, I, really? I didn't feel disappointed. No? It, it's, I, and maybe I'm just, you know, kind of hanging on to the stuff that I liked about it. And yeah. I'm like, a great set design is 60% of the film. It's not, but they did a really good yeah. job there. No, I, I agree with the set design. The other stuff, not so much. I just felt like it was, the acting was just subpar for me. The dialogue, like, I'm like, who the hell wrote this thing? Like, I felt it was just bad. Because you got, I mean, dude, you have really good actors here. Challenge them with some dialogue. But it was just so, some of it was so bad. Uh, Yeah, definitely didn't resonate with me. And that's okay. I I mean, I'm glad I at least watched it. Because, you know, how would I know if I had never seen it? Don't think I would recommend it to someone. Um, You know, it just wasn't my cup of tea, man. And that's okay. Like I, I always say, they all can't be home runs, you know. Yeah, and so and that's all right, man. And one to ten, I would give this movie a solid five. And you know, really, I I wasn't recommending it because I thought you would love it because I didn't. I just thought this is going to be a, a, a movie that we can talk about. Absolutely, and that's what's great, man. Whether it's content, I've, yeah, I guess is what we would yeah, call it. Exactly, it's content. man. Because I almost would. I don't want to come on every episode and go, man, that was so. I don't want to love every film. Like I still get crap from not liking Evil Dead <laughs> as much as Which I one? the the the, oh, the the original Evil the original. Dead. You have to listen to the episode yeah, with uh, Darren and Morris, and they gave me crap through the episode because I I found myself rewatching it and quite bored. 
Yeah. And, well, and it really a, hit its stride in Evil Dead 2 in the Normia Darkness anyway. Like, I, I love, see, I love, I love Evil those. Dead 2. Um, but that's okay. Everyone has their own opinions, and I'm sure there's going to be people out there that just love this movie, and they're probably listening to me and going, Rick, what are you talking about, dude? You're crazy. Um, and that's okay. That's nothing yeah. wrong with that, man. And we're all entitled to our opinion. And I sure. just I just didn't care for yeah. it. You know? People have every right to be wrong. Exactly, exactly, man. So anyways, that's our event horizon, folks. Uh dude, I appreciate you uh you coming on out. Appreciate uh, you having me. Yeah, man. It's always a pleasure. Uh and I guess that's it. Unless there's anything else you want to add, no? No, sir. All right, bud. Anyways, everyone, thanks for listening and take care. Good night, folks. You listened all the way to the end. We appreciate that. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Ear for Fear Podcast, Twitter at Ear for Fear, and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Ear for Fear Podcast. You can also check out our website, earforfear.com. There we list news and events. We're available on all the main platforms, so make sure you tell a friend. We hope you come back and get an earful.